Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor, and welcome to the Lady Parts Doctor podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, we're going to get into some current topics in women's health education and women's health in general. But first, let's recap last week. Last week, we had a discussion about fertility. We answered a lot of different questions or I answered a lot of different questions just about getting pregnant, how to get pregnant, when to try, uh, freezing eggs, shouldn't you get your anti-malarian hormone level checked, and it was great. As I hoped, it it generated a lot of questions. I got questions about cycle lengths and if cycle lengths were normal. We talked about that a little bit. So hopefully it was helpful for you. If it was, um, and even if it wasn't, I encourage you to continue the conversation with your healthcare provider or your OBGYN because they know your medical history, they know you, and they are going to be able to assist you and provide uh, information and just a process for the next steps to help you with your reproductive life plan and what your goals are. So today we're going to switch gears a little bit and we're talking about the recent news that broke about the Supreme Court leaked document about abortion. And abortion is a hot topic. I have my own opinions as a woman's healthcare advocate, but my goal today in this podcast is really just to discuss the decision that was made, the information that was provided, and to talk a little bit about what that means you know, how things would go should that decision actually be overturned. And I encourage you to just, whatever your opinion is, come in with an open mind. Um, I encourage you to remember that people from all different walks of life get abortions. People who are married get abortions. People who are single get abortions. People who are black get abortions. People who are white get abortions. People who identify as Asian or Latino. People get abortions from all different walks of life. People with money get abortions. People without a lot of money get abortions, although they may have more difficulty accessing them. So we just want you to come in and be as biased free as you can, have an open mind, because we're just talking about the information that's been provided thus far. So yesterday, May 2nd, 2022, news broke that the Supreme Court has voted to strike down the original and monumental Roe versus Wade decision. If you were like me, you grew up knowing that Roe v. Wade was a big deal. Maybe you didn't fully understand. Maybe you just knew it had to do something with abortion, but it was something that was a big deal and meant something for women's rights. News outlet Political obtained and published an initial draft majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito. It's unclear who leaked the draft or why, although there has been a lot of speculation about why people who are both conservative and liberal would want to do so. But according to those familiar with the courts, something like this has never happened before. Translation, it's a big effing deal. And Justice Alito's draft opinion outlines the case to remove the ruling of Roe v. Wade, arguing that it was probably never constitutional to begin with. So we need to talk about this a little bit more. The 1973 Roe v. Wade decision guaranteed federal, federal, so that's beyond the state level, federal constitutional protections of abortion rights and was further supported by the 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that mostly maintained the right. 
per the decision draft written by Justice Alito, at the time of Roe, 30 states still prohibited abortion at all stages. In the years prior to that decision, about a third of the states had liberalized their laws, but Roe abruptly ended their political process. It imposed the same highly restrictive regime on the entire nation, and it effectively struck down the abortion laws of every single state. Okay, let's keep going. According to the opinion draft, Casey threw out Roe's trimester scheme, so originally in Roe v. Wade, Each trimester of pregnancy was regulated differently and substituted a new rule of uncertain origin under which states were forbidden to adopt any regulation that imposed an undue burden on a woman's right to have an abortion. The decision provided no clear guidance about the difference between a due and an undue burden. Although efforts have been made to chip away at abortion access for some time, and now this is me talking, (laughs) the case that has led to this most recent discussion is that of the state of Mississippi, which has asked the Supreme Court to uphold the constitutionality of a law that generally prohibits an abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy. So that's the second trimester. According to Judge Alito's draft, in its defense, the state of Mississippi's primary argument is that the court should reconsider and overrule Roe and Casey, and once again, allow each state to regulate abortion as its citizens desire. So basically, give the power back to the states to make this decision without federal involvement. In the fifth page of the document, Judge Alito states, We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such right must be deeply rooted in the nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. He further states, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. The permissibility of abortion and the limitations upon it are to be resolved like most important questions in our democracy by citizens trying to persuade one another and then voting. And that last sentence was um, from Casey case. That is what the Constitution and the rule of law demand. Oh, that is heavy. I have so many thoughts about this, but in my attempt to just provide the information and not give you an opinion, we're just going to keep going. So what happens if Roe v. Wade is overturned? 
Most likely, abortion will continue to stay legal in states where it is currently legal, and it will become more restricted in states where it is already restricted. Well, which states are which? According to the Guttmarker Institute, which monitors and analyzes legislation, reg, reg, uh, excuse me, legislation, regulation, and judicial action, I mean, try saying that five times fast, related to state policy developments on abortion rights and access, 38% of women between the ages of 13 to 44 live in a state that supports abortion rights. They further categorize the states as very supportive, supportive, lean supportive, middle ground, leans hostile, hostile, and very hostile. Now, along with that 38%, I'm just going to flip back for a second, that with that 58% live in a state that is either hostile or very hostile to abortion rights. So we're going to come back to that. What makes a state considered very hostile to abortion? So that is considered if the state has all six abortion restrictions in effect. So those restrictions are, one, they ban pre- or post-viability abortions in violation of constitutional protections. So that's current constitutional protections. Two, they require in-person abortion counseling followed by a waiting period before the procedure. So that means that there have to be at least two separate trips to the facility. Three, they restrict Medicaid coverage for abortion. Four, they prohibit the use of telemedicine to provide medication abortion. Five, they limit access to abortion for those younger than 18 without parental involvement. And six, they impose unnecessary and onerous abortion clinic regulations, excuse me, onerous abortion clinic regulations. A state is considered very supportive if it has all six types of measures that expand or protect abortion rights and access and effect. So those six protective policies are, one, they affirm a right to abortion in the state constitution. So again, this is the state level. Two, they establish a legal standard that protects access to abortion. Three, they guarantee abortion coverage through Medicaid. Four, they allow advanced practice clinicians to provide abortion by law or attorney general opinion. Five, they mandate private health insurance plans cover abortion. And six, they protect access to abortion clinics. So coming back to that, 58% of women between the ages of 13 and 44 live in a state that is either hostile or very hostile to abortion rights. The Guttmacher Institute's research shows that six states are very hostile. So that includes Indiana, Mississippi, Louisiana, Missouri, Arkansas, and South Dakota. And 15 states are considered hostile. Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, Wisconsin, Texas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, North Dakota, Arizona, and Utah. Ooh, I could take my breath now. On the other end, only one state is considered very supportive, and that's California. I'm not surprised by that. I imagine you aren't either. Five states are considered supportive. That's Washington, Oregon, New York, Maine, and Hawaii. This is a big change from 2010. 
at which time no states were considered very hostile, 10 states were considered hostile, and only two states were considered supportive, with no states considered very supportive. If you look back even further to 2000, more states leaned one way or the other. So they just leaned hostile or they just leaned supportive with a less definitive divide. So this is just another example of the continued polarization of our country over time, which is really just kind of leaving us less likely to meet in the middle ground. And that is me inserting a little bit of my opinion. So I apologize for that. But I don't really think I need to state that because you could just look at the last couple of elections and just generally see how the divide seems to be growing. Is this opinion final? Possibly. After an oral argument, which occurred in December in this particular case, the justices have an initial vote. One judge is then assigned the majority opinion and writes the first draft. So that's what we're seeing. This is a leak of the first draft. A judge could change his or her, his or her vote before the final ruling is released. But the ruling isn't final until it is released by the court. And the court will have a session sometime within the next two months to release the ruling. So... What is the call to action? What should you do? What should I do? A first thought that comes to mind is to just move to a state where your rights are protected in line with your beliefs. However, that's not always possible, nor really do I really recommend that you do that. As is often the case, the vulnerable will suffer and the privileged will find a way to get what they want because they have the resources to do so. People who consider themselves pro-choice don't always seek abortion care, and people who consider themselves pro-life sometimes do. So the best answer is to vote. That is what you can do. You can vote. Vote in line with your beliefs. Vote for officials who support your cause and will fight for it just as you would at every level of government in your state. As a woman's health advocate, my job is to support, empower, and encourage you. I'm not going to tell you how I think you should vote. But remember, rights are hard to obtain and easy to lose. This is Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor. That was just us unpacking some information. I tried to stay as objective as I possibly could, but I encourage discussion. It's just important to know what's going on in the news and know how that could potentially affect you and the ones that you love. Until next time, don't forget to subscribe to the blog, the podcast, YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, everything that I have trying to go on. I'm trying to do a little bit of everything. And of course, let me know if you have questions, stories, or ideas you want to share by emailing drhack at ladypartsdoctor.com. Until next time.